morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Tuesday, the 4th of April, and my name is Helen Freer. On today's show, I'm very pleased to be joined by our chief economist, David Cole, and we're going to talk about inflation in the Eurozone after the latest figures for March came out at the end of last week. And then I'll talk to Manuel Villegas about the latest news on digital assets. But to start with, let's talk about some of the latest market news. And I'm joined, first of all, by my colleague, John T. Warris. Good morning, John T. So what would you highlight in terms of market action yesterday? Hi there, Helen. Good morning. So US equities finished mixed in trading yesterday, but ended back near their best levels after a midday slump with rather quiet price action after last week's quite robust performance. The US dollar was generally weaker on its major crosses, down by 0.4% yesterday. US Treasuries were firmer with a little curve steepening, with yields on the policy-sensitive two-year reversing any gains they made over the day, ending six basis points lower, after US factory activity contracted by more than expected. Gold finished up 0.7% after managing to post a fifth consecutive weekly gain last week, and Bitcoin futures were down 0.1%. WTI crude settled up 6.3% on the back of surprise OPEC plus cut after rallying more than 9% last week. In equity markets, the S&P 500 index closed up 0.4%, with the energy sector leading the pack, posting very strong gains of almost 4.9%, while consumer discretionary and real estate were the laggards, both returning minus 0.9%. The tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 underperformed its major benchmarks, peers closing down 0.3%. And do you have any company-specific news for us? Tesla weighed on US equities after data showed that its price cuts had only a negligible impact on the number of cars it delivered. And over in Paris, French cosmetics company L'Oreal yesterday struck a deal with Brazil's Natura to buy Aesop, its Australian luxury skincare brand, for $2.53 billion. The deal will allow L'Oreal to bolster its presence in the luxury cosmetics market, and will come as financial relief for the Brazilian parent company, which is fraught with heavy debt and shrinking margins. And anything to report out of Asia? Well, over in Asia, markets have had a mixed start today. Equities on the whole are trading lower, following a drop in tech stocks, as investors weigh yesterday's weaker-than-expected ISM manufacturing data against inflation concerns following OPEC Plus's planned curtail oil output. The Hang Seng was down 1% when I checked a moment ago, while the Nikkei was up by a quarter of a percent. Shares in Australia, on the other hand, extended gains for a seventh straight day, while the Aussie dollar and Australian bond yields have weakened following the Reserve Bank of Australia's decision to leave interest rates unchanged at 3.6% as expected, altering the forward guidance to say that some tightening may well be needed. And what about geopolitical news? I know that Finland officially joined NATO today. What can you tell us about this? That's right, Helen. Today, we'll see the Finnish flag being raised for the first time at the NATO headquarters, as Finland joins NATO as its 31st member. The move, which is seen as promoting stability and security throughout the Euro-Atlantic region, will make Finland safer and the alliance stronger, according to Jens Stoltenberg speaking yesterday in Brussels. In Moscow, Russia's Deputy Foreign Minister Alexander Grushko responded to the news of Finland's accession by saying that Russia would increase its forces in its west and northwestern regions if necessary. And Donald Trump is back in the news again, I hear. Perhaps you can fill us in here. That's right, Helen. Former US President Donald Trump will appear in court in New York to face criminal charges later today. The charges relate to hush money he paid to former adult film star Stormy Daniels. We don't yet know the exact charges, but his lawyers have said he'll be pleading not guilty. 
Trump, who plans to run for the White House again in 2024, denies any wrongdoing and claims the indictment against him is tantamount to political persecution. And just lastly, what can we expect for the day ahead? Well, we can expect to see Eurozone producer price index data out later today, along with US factory orders and US durable goods. Corporate earnings out today include US lighting manufacturer Acuity Brands, and other central banks due to meet today to announce their new policy rates include those of Romania, Pakistan and Sri Lanka. A look at the futures board points to a mixed open in Europe, while US equity markets are set to open in the red. And that's all from me on the Markets Wrap. Great. Thanks very much, John T. Now, David, let me move on to you. So we got Eurozone inflation figures at the end of last week. What was this data like? And would you say we're starting to see growth and inflation cool off a bit? Good morning, Alan. Um, Well, yes, but um, first, first, so what's cooling off uh, visibly, it's it's more the growth side than the inflation side. Uh, We have seen, as a matter of fact, the inflation data itself, it's March, it relates to uh, the Eurozone, um, come off a bit, but that was the headline figure and was mostly driven by, uh, by the energy component. And we have just heard that energy prices are rising again. So this component is notoriously volatile. Um, the core uh, inflation rate, uh, which uh, strips out actually the volatile components like energy, like food prices, this increased again. So, and, and from this perspective, it's probably not entirely uh, a nice picture in terms of cooling off inflation. Uh, so what we see, seeing that inflation is quite sticky in the eurozone, uh, we have seen basically past that the inflation pipeline pressure in terms of coming from energy, coming from uh, primary products, coming from commodities, this has leveled off. Uh, but what we've seen right now that the products which are related to that, there have been price increases as well. And this exactly uh, shows up in the uh, core figure of inflation. Uh, service prices also picked up, some goods prices picked also up. Uh, so not entirely the, the picture uh, you want to see or central banks want to see uh, really that the inflation is cooling off. At the same time, we have to say there is a sequence of events, how you cool inflation and first uh, growth has to cool off and then inflation. Oh no. So these lags, uh, they are still there. Uh, and we see that in the in the in the latest uh, inflation numbers uh, that inflation is coming down only slowly. Okay, so what central banks have done so far then hasn't been enough. Is that the case? Well, I would put it differently. They need to wait a bit, so more patience is is needed there. Uh, but as a matter of fact, it's clear when inflation figures, when inflation data being posted that high as we have seen it uh, last week then this uh, political pressure on central banks to do more, and in particular on the European Central Bank to do more, uh, this remains quite high. Uh, This is the case. Uh, Let's look ahead. We have the next uh, ECB meeting only in May. Uh, Let's see if inflation uh, cools off a bit more and the political pressure uh, becomes less. But now, as of now, there is still some pressure on the ECB uh, to act here. at the same time, we have to see um, that uh, the early stages of inflation cooling are happening already. So we have already interest rates, which hurt, which hurt at the credit cycle. So we have seen also last week credit data from the Eurozone. And there we have contraction in different areas, and particularly in the short-term dynamics. And so it's starting um, to bite uh, when it comes to monetary policy, also in the Eurozone. 
um, that banks are not lending out as freely as before. And that means that at some point growth will be affected. And then when you have less demand really coming from the growth side, uh, then also it's getting much more difficult to pass on higher prices. And this is exactly the inflation phenomenon. So we think that what central bank policy, what monetary policy has done so far will be visible only in inflation rates nine months, 12 months ahead. So it's a bit challenging to really judge current inflation data or March inflation data and conclude central bank policy has to do more. Current inflation data, that which had been reported last week, they are much more related to what monetary policy have done in 12 months ago in the last year. And we know all that central banks have been notoriously slow to adapt interest rates to the new environment in the last year. Now, uh, our judgment, our uh, bottom line is here that we are in restrictive territory of monetary policy and we need to wait a bit uh, until this shows up really in falling inflation rate and cooling growth. Great. Thank you very much, David. And let me bring you in at this point, Manuel, as I want to move on to digital assets. How is the crypto market doing and what sort of effect is regulation having on the market? Good morning, Helen. Thank you for having me again. So cryptos continue to hang in there, with Bitcoin and Ether maintaining their sizable year-to-date rallies by defying the regulatory tension buildup and the low market death. The blunt actions in the forms of wealth notices, lawsuits, and subpoenas, the Securities Exchange Commission, or the SEC, and the Commodities Future Trade Commission, the CFTC, have taken against several crypto market participants in the United States have, at most, had a subtle impact on the price performance of the largest digital assets. And most insightful is the fact that in lieu of the regulatory scrutiny, the proportion of United States exchange volumes increased sizably since the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank. What about the fundamentals, though? What do these look like? So on-chain fundamentals look quite well. Active addresses, transaction counts, and holder behavior continue to display a steady growth. Nonetheless, since the regulators' measures were announced, overall trading volumes decreased considerably, with exchanges accounting for the largest part of this decrease. On another note, the combination of low volumes, higher order slippage, and low market depth can be volatility-inducing. And drastic price movements are to be expected if market depth and volumes follow the current trend, as the order books are unlikely to withstand larger orders. The effects are likely to be felt more strongly for smaller crypto coins and tokens on smaller centralized exchanges or market makers with lower liquidity provisions. However, there is a glass floor as much as there is a glass ceiling and drastic price movements may also induce violent increases. On a rather positive note, US dollar inflows to exchanges have decreased considerably, and this indicates that the market's sentiment is not in line with a higher selling pressure. This fact is even more marked for stablecoins, which in the crypto world tend to be risk-off assets, even though stablecoins, as we all know, entail a very broad array of idiosyncratic risks themselves. And we know what happened with stablecoins quite recently. What about in the short run, though? What, what do you think we can expect there? 
That's a great question. And you know, Bitcoin's display of resilience amidst the rate hikes is remarkable. You know, the asset uh, Bitcoin is still 70% up year to date and Ethereum is still over 50% up year to date. But the asset class should brace four price swings as volatility is likely to increase in the short run. It remains to be seen if the rapid reversal of US monetary policy, which is currently priced into the markets and which fueled the latest leg of the crypto rally, will actually materialize. The aggressive actions regulatory authorities are taking in the United States will undoubtedly tamper with the development of the asset class, despite its resilience amidst the financial turmoil. Excellent. Thanks very much for sharing your thoughts with us, Manuel. So that's all for today. Thank you again to all of our speakers this morning and thank you all for tuning in. Do join us again tomorrow when my colleague Bernadette Anderko will be catching up with some more of our colleagues on what's moving markets. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Wealth Insights is a podcast series where Julius Bear experts discuss topics from a wealth management perspective. Whether it's starting a business, preparing for retirement, or transferring wealth to the next generation, our experts provide answers to the relevant questions. Available now on all good platforms, search for Wealth Insights on your favourite podcast player.